I am honored to turn this platform over to a great man of God, Prophet Chuck Pierce. Come and tell us whatever God is saying to you and do it however you want to do it. Stand and let's let him know we're glad he's here. Wow, wow, wow. Woo, everybody shout breakthrough. Well, that was awesome. Let's thank God for the worship. That was tremendous. You may be seated. What a blessing to be here. What a, what a joy to be here with all of you. And <clears throat> it's really interesting. Uh, my wife, <clears throat> yesterday, maybe it was this morning, she said, uh, since you're doing so much Zoom stuff, why did you decide to go to Ohio? <laughs> Which I'd already done three this week, uh, things in other nations and various uh, uh, gatherings. And I said, well, first of all, there's certain people up there I like. And I'm tired of being here. You know, I mean, I want you to think about it. Last year, 578,000 miles in the air. This year, then, my life drastically shifted. I mean, and that a normal year for me is about 450,000 miles throughout the world. And so it has been a very interesting adjustment in my life because it's, uh, it's been good. It's been uh, awesome. Uh, I don't think Pam and I, we've been married 48 years. I do not think we've ever spent this much time together, ever in our entire marriage. And she said, you know, only God could have done this in your life. Only God could have done this. And I know that, but I asked him what I did to deserve it. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm different, and I, I'm not a uh, domestic type, and it's, it's real interesting. And so, and I've really been a uh, majority of the time uh, at our place. So it's been, it's been interesting. And the other th reason that I feel like I'm here in Ohio is because God spoke to me. And that's what I want to deliver during this message. He spoke to me about Ohio, specifically. And when I say that now, I, I went back and read a lot of the prophetic words. Now, Tim, I'm going to have to tell you, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this, it's been over 18 years that I've been coming here. Yes, you, you, you look younger because you've lost weight. Uh, you look great. But it's been 18 years that we've been gathering here and uh, pressing forward together. And to see so many of you, it's just, it's just incredible. Uh, and, of course, Dutch Sheets, I have probably, other than Pam, now, you have to understand, Pam and Dutch, my wife and Dutch Sheets, have the same birthday. They act just alike. <laughs> now, Dutch and I probably have synergized our gift together throughout the world, and especially in the United States, more than anyone I've ever synergized my gift with. Uh, but just think what it would be like if we lived together. Uh, I mean, you know, he, he can be very, very mean to me. <laughs> See how nice I'm being with him not here? But I have missed him so much this year. First of all, he went through his back uh, crisis, and then, of course, with this uh, incredible event that we're maneuvering our way through uh, throughout the world, where 
uh, we haven't been able to all be together as much as I like us to be together. And, but I, I believe God had a plan in that. And that's what I want to talk to you about. And then I want to loose the word that he gave me for Ohio. And so <clears throat> during this time, Charisma called and said, is there any way you can write a book in eight days? And I said, well, you know, I'm maybe I, I'm I don't have a lot of other things to do, you know, uh, and yet I do think perhaps I could. They said, because we want to get a now word out. Now, with that, within by the end of May, this book was ready for all of us. It's called the Passover Prophecies. Now, I want to encourage you. This book is worth you getting. Now, I was telling Tim, I read Tim's newest book and wrote a forward for it uh, yesterday. And um, that book is incredible. Some of the best books that have been written during these last five to seven years have been by Dr. Tim Sheets. Let's thank God for those books. But <laughs> this book encapsulates the time we're living in and where we're going based upon what God has said to us. It really will help you through the next six years, and I want to explain to you why. Now, I've got another book out there that I've been rereading called God's Unfolding Battle Plan. That book also is very helpful. I was listening to Rachel as she was leading in worship up here, and she kept singing lots of issues from that book because we are in a mind war, and we're in a presence war, and we are in all this warfare dynamic that we're in, and we have to know how to maneuver it. That book is also very helpful for uh, you to move forward, but this book on August the 2nd of last year, God started speaking to us. Now, about this time every year, we gather together as a staff, and we've been doing it for many years, almost 40, uh, and we seek the Lord based upon uh, what he's doing in the year ahead. Now, our calendar always has been built around his covenant plan here in the Word of God, which uh, God gave his covenant to us from a Hebraic, uh, it's a Hebraic covenant, and so it's built around understanding the Hebraic time system, the whole word of God is. So we have always sought the Lord based upon the Hebraic year as well as our own uh, Gregorian uh, calendar that we have. Uh, that we use. And so, starting about August, we start seeking the year ahead. That's what makes us prophetic. Now, uh, Apostle Tim said something that's very important about these hub meetings. What the early ecclesia would do is once a month gather together. Now, that's how they operated. They didn't, they didn't come every Sunday together. They didn't come every Shabbat together. Uh, look at somebody and say, Shabbat Shalom. Uh, I've been doing Shabbat since 1978, my wife and I have. And uh, so they, they didn't come every Shabbat. Uh, together like they did corporately once a month. And we have always come together once a month in what is called Rosh Kadesh, which is first fruits, new moon. Every time the moon would shift biblically, they would gather. It was a timing issue because it's linked with harvest. And what God would do, Tim, is the very thing you said while you're having these meetings. He would draw them together, prophetic revelation would come forth, then they would use that as their prayer guide to bring them into the next step for the ecclesia to advance. So in other words, what you're doing here is a tremendous biblical model. Let's thank God for that. 
And so last August, we started seeking the Lord, and we saw that we weren't just entering a new year. And uh, the best book out there uh, is uh, A New Era by Tim Sheets. And, but we were entering a new era. And a new era is not the same as shifting to a new year, shifting to a new decade. It is actually shifting into a new historical realm of action. And so what we've done during this time is shift into this new historical realm of action. And because of that, we knew we had to really seek what was going to happen. In Hebrew, we entered into the year 5780, which was the new era. Now, with that, in Hebrew, numbers have word meaning, they have picture meaning, they have sound meaning. It's a whole language. Why did God choose Hebrew as his covenant language? Well, it's because he made covenant with Abram. Abraham, the Hebrew. Now, what that means is Abraham, the one who is able to cross over. So, through the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of his blood, we are grafted back into the blessings of Abraham. And that means each one of us built into our DNA is the ability for us to cross over. Tell somebody nearest to you, we're crossing over now. So that's why you want to always see it from a Hebraic perspective. The Word of God is written around three major feasts. You heard Tim mention Pentecost. It's written around Passover. It's written around Pentecost. It's written around the Feast of Tabernacles. Harvest Feast. And then Rosh Kadesh moves you from harvest to harvest to harvest always keeping a harvest mentality and a blessing mentality until the blessings of God overtake you. Now, that is important for this area of the United States. What God is saying right now, you're about to be overtaken. It's going to surprise you how you're overtaken. Uh, it's going to surprise you how the interaction begins to occur. So when we started looking at the word pay on August the 2nd of last year, we noticed that it was linked with Purim. That was a pay word. It was linked with Passover. That was a pay word. It was linked with Pentecost. That was a pay word. And it caught my attention, and we're sitting there holding that up at Revelation because the word pay has tremendous meaning that I'll show you in a moment. And all of a sudden, it meant to me that watch the feast times this year, for they will lead you into the new era. And so, while we're seeking the Lord there, I put two things in my notes, which I copied and sent when Charisma was asking me for documentation. I had this sentence in my notes. The coming year at Passover, at Purim, there will be an attack that keeps us uh, that tries to confine us and wipe out the movement that God is moving in the earth ahead. And that was last August. And then I said, there will, this Passover will become a modern-day Passover. Now, many of you know we've been doing Passover for years, big Passovers. We've had 10,000 at times. We, we had a tent that we used for five for two weeks that held 5,000. So we've had these big gatherings at Passover, but Robert Heiler would always say, you know, at the original Passover, the people of God had to go into their house, shut the door, and really worship. 
They had to be alone. They, they couldn't be together. They had, it, it was a family unit getting ready to war for the future. And he would tell me that every year, and I'd say, well, maybe one year God's going to do that. This year, this year, for the first time since the original Passover, all of Israel was held behind the shut door of their home. All of a sudden in history, we are back at the beginning of a new era. Now, because of that, something else, this time it just wasn't the Jewish people. It was the Gentiles people. All of a sudden, God said, I'm going to make sure all of my one new man, Jew and Gentile, get shut up together so I can start them off new and fresh to pass over and cross over. Tell somebody we're crossing over, we're going to keep crossing over. So with Passover, I knew there had to be some modern day pandemic that would come. And here we are in the midst of the exercising of this infirmity. That's the way I want to say it. Because some way or another, God has used this infirmity to redo his people. He's created a divine pause from this infirmity. Yes, you know, there's lots of things none of us like. Somebody said, will you wear a mask? I said, if I get hungry enough and I want a steak, yes, I'll wear a mask to the restaurant. <laughs> I said, there are certain places if I want to go, I'll wear a hazmat suit if I have to go. I am not too proud to try to dress differently, I'm, I'm telling you. And so it's been a lot of issues. Flying it is not near as fun as it used to be. I mean, I used to fly. When you have a status like me, you fly first class, they take care of you. Now they don't give you, they don't give you water. I mean, I said, no wonder Americans, uh, American Airlines is bouncing back. They're doing what Spirit Airline does at American prices. I mean, it's really interesting. So it's been a lot of interesting things that's happened. But from this, my real issue was that there would become such an economic rearrangement worldwide that if God's people were not aware of what was going on, we would not make our shift into the next season correctly. And so in here I have a whole chapter on uh, the economic ramifications, summarized that we're up against. Uh, uh, lots of encouraging things. This is not a doom and gloom book. And somebody said, well, why didn't you just jump up and tell us in August that we were coming into this pandemic that was going to kill so many people? I said, wouldn't that have been really fun for all the rest of us? I said, because that and how true prophets really operate. True prophets exercise both the mind and the heart of God. And therefore, until the heart of God is expressing what's going on, you need to keep your mouth shut. And you need to learn wisdom and from your revelation that you're carrying. So it's been a very interesting dynamic as we move forward. And what I want to say is it wasn't just this Passover, this past Passover, that would change us. We have now entered a Passover era. That's why you have to understand the concepts of Passover and how you're going to have to understand crossing over at every key place that you get to. It becomes very, very important and you're gonna have to understand time and place. That's why I'm here in Ohio. I feel like 
this is a central place that is important for the future of this nation. The other place I will be going is Pennsylvania. I'll be going to Pittsburgh. Uh, and it's something about this area that determines the future of our nation that is very important for us to see. And then the other word, another pay word, that was really interesting that I, I didn't put in, to, but I, I want to discuss it, that we started discussing at the end of the year last year, another pay word was riots. That this would be a year filled with riots to the point where things would be so stirred up in the atmosphere that only the glory of God could settle it. And I really believe why I'm telling us this is this is key for us to understand that this isn't just the devil running ruckus with the world. We are in a time where God is saying just what was said a minute ago, we are rising up. We are coming into a place like never before as God's people. And so I started looking at Passover principles that become very, very important. And this became the real issue. He pulled them aside to bring them out. Now look at somebody and say, here we are. He brought them out by armies. See, that's a word we don't use for the church, and yet it is the model for the church. He brought them out by armies, by tribes, every territory, every people. He, he gathered them together in their like-minded war fashion. That's why we're here. And then he brought them out into and with wealth. He brought them out to bring them in to a promise he had been waiting for them to occupy for 476 years. It is not much different in America right now. He has been waiting for us to occupy this land. And then he said, you'll move from a modern-day Passover to a present-day Pentecost mentality. I loved what you were saying about Pentecost here. And then I'm going to take you beyond into a place you've never been before. So tell somebody near you, get ready to go beyond. Now, Tim, I went back 15 years ago to show what we did here at this place. Now, this is 15 years ago. And I think we, see, I think we lose track of what God says in time, but I can look and see what God's been doing here. And remember, we were here for an incredible gathering, School of Prophets. That was 15 years ago. 2005. And with that, we started making decrees that we were coming into a new Pentecost. Now, listen to what you just said. I think sometimes we lose sight of how God brings us into the moment. Everyone say the moment. And so, in other words, when you start talking about Pentecost, you talk about getting ready for an open heaven to come. And 15 years ago, when we were coming to this, all of a sudden, two of our dear friends who minister all over and who minister, especially in the 13 colonies, John and Cheryl Price, were coming here to the School of Prophets, and she saw this word in the cloud over this place. And that word was over Middletown, Ohio, and she just drew it out. And she brought it to Robert Heidler because he was here for the school, and uh, he knows, of course, Greek and Hebrew and on and on. 
And uh, she said, do you know what this word means? And it was a Greek word that was up in the sky over this place 15 years ago. And it means schizo. It means that all over this place, there is a ripping apart that is going on. Over this area of America, there is a tearing apart that's going on. Now that takes us into Kentucky, that takes us into uh, uh, Indiana, that takes us into uh, uh, Pennsylvania, West Virginia. Over this area, there is a tearing apart. Portions of Michigan. See, God has not changed his mind. In other words, he says, I'm tearing this thing apart, and now what you're doing now is beginning to get an open heaven resting above you where there will be just a dynamic of flow nonstop between heaven and earth. Now, since then, we have seen all sorts of things happen. That brings us to what this era is about the next 10 years. This is about coming face to face with the sound of heaven so that that sound penetrates us in such a way that we can't do anything but release it. See, in other words, what started 15 years ago, now it's got such an openness here, which it wasn't open 18 years ago. Oh, it was from hell. And I'll just go ahead and tell you that. And at that School of Prophets, it was from, it got worse. And yet now, all of a sudden, God has said, I've got this thing to a place where now you're going to demonstrate who I am from this area. I am bringing you, I'm just not above you telling you what I'm doing. I am bringing you face to face with me so you can demonstrate what I'm doing in a new way. That's what this place is about as we move forward. And so with that, you see the line of the tribe of Judah with his mouth open, roaring and roaring and roaring and coming. Oh, she's precious. We have 15 grandkids. It's never quiet. It doesn't bother me at all. You just learn to talk over. or listen carefully. You'll find out what's going on with all the rest of them. Now, you see what staying his home, at home has done for me? I could tell you stories. Now, and then my wife, you know, went through this crisis with her sugar levels. So she, and she was, a, she was a vegetarian for 10 years. So I've had to listen to that for 10 years prior. And now she is so disciplined. I mean, I have to, you don't know how alcoholics operate? Where they sneak around, you know, and they drink and they have their bottle hidden and, you know, you read about it. I minister to people like that. I do it with biscuits and gravy. <laughs> and bread and butter. Now you know all my vices. Now. Now, let's show you what this looks like. What pay looks like is where your mouth is opening up and decreeing. In other words, it's gotten, it's taken us this long to get us to a place where we decree. And God had to pull us aside to get us into this place so he could form in us his voice in such a way that we could say what we needed to say. And with that, 
what we're doing right now, and he had to teach us this, people, starting at this Passover. Really, here's what the word means. It means that not only are you vocalizing and speaking and breathing. Now, look what we're in, contending with, as we all have to wear masks in most places. We're contending with the breath. That is the way to say it. And this was stated last year, we would be contending with the breath. And yet, what really we're doing, go ahead, Chad, is we're commanding a new opening to occur. See, in other words, that thing, that cloud, that schizo cloud that was above you, that means tear apart, rip apart. Now we here in the earth are commanding this new opening to come forth. You're commanding new openings for your family. You're commanding new openings for the worship of your region. You're commanding new openings for your territory. You're commanding new openings for this nation. You are decreeing a thing and watching it manifest. That's a pay word. You are commanding. Uh, it, I, one of my favorite verses is out of Isaiah 45. It says, for the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, its maker, says this, ask me about the things to come. He wants to show us the future concerning your sons and daughters and command ye me the works of my hands. Command me to work. That's why he had to pull us aside to get us to a place where we had a new confidence to decree. And that's what's happening with us. And with that, now we're moving forward. Now, Egypt, when you look at it, Egypt was a narrow place where they had to leave. The, but here's what I want you to know about the Exodus. It occurs in every key era in God's people's lives. Therefore, we are in a divine exodus right now. But we cannot be held captive and not get to the place that God has intended us to get to. Now, that's what Apostle Tim was prophesying. And why did he do that? We were in types of slavery we weren't even aware we were in. All of us. See, you can get so familiar with slavery that you want to live in it the rest of your life. And Ann Tate sent me a word today that I gave last year. I said, uh, Washington, D.C., get ready because you think you're in control of everything with all of that bickering that you're doing there, up there, God is getting ready to surprise you how he starts setting a new order in the earth realm. See, I, I look at how we're moving right now, and it's sort of a reprieve before we have to go into our next crisis. Because, you see, with the slavery, what slavery wants to do is to keep you in a narrow place. Paul talks about it in Romans 7, uh, 6, 7, and 8. Slavery will keep you in such a narrow place that you are confined and not capable of really expressing fully of who, who you are and what you're about, and what a territory is about. It will, slavery is not the same thing as racism. So don't confuse the two. Any of us can be in slavery. Uh, racism is, it, all of the root of racism, you can go back all the way to uh, Cain and Abel. The root of racism will, will always be anti-Semitism where some way or another you're not really getting in God's order of breakthrough 
and you're exalting something above someone else. And so slavery comes where you are held captive and constricted. You can be enslaved uh, to things that hold you captive personally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And this is at the very end of the month that we must break out of. Now, I'm going to explain that to you. When you start studying the months throughout the Word of God, you get to a month where they got so constricted, they agreed with the slander against their promise for the future. That's the danger of August that we're in right this moment. We could actually, instead of pressing on through into that place that changes the course of all America, we could come into agreement with the narrow place we're in. I love the way you got up and set the course for this meeting. We cannot agree with that which will keep us in the dire straits. And the other reason I felt like I needed to be here, I needed to celebrate the last Sunday, the last weekend, the last Shabbat that is linked with this dire straight time where we say we're breaking out of it in Jesus' name. And so, see, the dire straight months is where they agreed with a curse. You can go to Numbers 12, 13, 14. You can read it all through there. This is where all of a sudden they had been just totally upset over the conditions of what they had been in. But they determined that they needed to see their promise. And so Moses took one of the leaders from each tribe and sent them in to the promised land. They got in there. They tasted. They touched. They saw how incredible the promise was. The grapes, the riches. What was ahead for them? Then they saw the warfare that it was going to take to secure and occupy that promise. And all of a sudden, they turned and they slandered the promise. Well, you know the whole story. They get back and 10 out of the 12 are doing nothing but talking about how bad everything is. Two are saying, we can take those giants. We can move in against them. The ten became the voice of rule. Now, this is what I want to say to you. We are here in Ohio tonight to change the voice of rule for this nation. The Lord has to have a people who changed the voice of rule. And when you look at Ohio, at Middletown, Crossroads, Central, to the future of this nation, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Indiana, West Virginia, all of a sudden the Lord says, I've destined you to be the voice of rule beginning now. Some way tonight, God didn't choose Texas to be the voice of rule. I'd be in Texas having a meeting. He chose, I know the Lord too well. When you've gone the millions and millions and millions of miles following him, you know where he says, this is my place. 
This becomes the voice of rule for the future. Now put your hand right here and say this. That means his voice is in me. That means this place becomes a dynamic place of gathering and days of head for decree. That means this place breaks us out of a narrow transition as a nation and breaks the power of the curse that's operating against us. See what happened at that time, from that time forward in history to now, until Jerusalem three years ago was declared the capital of Israel, it has had a curse operating against that people. We have the history of how that curse has operated over and over and over. But something has happened to shift that, and the shift started coming from this nation. And now because of that, that curse wants to hold us in a narrow place, captive to where we don't break out, break through, and break over. Tell somebody we're breaking out. Now, let me show you this narrow place of transition. So it's not an easy place. But tonight we're coming through it. Tonight we're coming through it, not just here, not just individually, but for our nation. Transition has three phases. It has an ending, and that's why we don't like transition, because you're going to have to die to something. It has a confusion about it where we don't know what we're doing. That's what we've been in. And then it has a new beginning. Eventually, you come into the new beginning. You need Now, think about after they came back with that awful report. Joshua and Caleb had to sit in that mess for 40 years where they did the same thing over and over and never got out of that narrow place. Because it's linked with wilderness, bemidbar. It means you're in between and it's very dangerous how you're going to come all the way through. Any woman who's ever had a birth understands this. You get to that place where you are transitioned and something's got to give. There's no turning back. Uh, our Pam's first pregnancy, I, I still remember how awful that was. You know, I mean, it was just, uh, she got in there, she, the baby would come down and then go back up. Come down and go back up. Finally, the nurse actually got on her stomach and started pushing. The doctor got forceps and he looked up and he said, we have a problem. I said, get this child out. Because we couldn't have children, and this was our first promise to come forth. I said, do what is necessary to get this child out. And it was very dramatic what she went through to do that. And then the second child came in eight minutes. That was very dramatic for me on the way to the airport, <laughs> on the way to the doctor's office, on the way to the hospital. I was screaming so loud. You just have no idea. And driving, and you know, and you know how bad that is. Driving and screaming, driving and screaming, and she says, but the baby's head is out. Driving and screaming, driving and screaming. I had to take all of her pills. <laughs> so transitions aren't easy. They're just not easy. We have to help each other get through them. We have to help each other press through them. Because see, the narrow place, it, it, it's that place where if you don't get out of the wilderness, you can't get into restoration. 
if you don't travail through the narrow place and through that position of transition, you get caught and confined and your life becomes real precarious. Now, this is very prophetic for us right now. We are at this place. And my, my hope is that Ohio, and I use that inclusive for this region, is going to press us through. If you don't adjust in your narrow place and come through, you can't ever get into your new place. See, it's, it's a strange thing. But see, it's a place where the stewardship of your future depends on it. Now, this is what I want to get to tonight. And this is what, why this book is so helpful. We're at the most critical place of the provisional release for our future. And because you look in the Word of God, you get over to Luke 18... This is where the rich young ruler says, I want to be your disciple. I want to follow you. And the Lord says, go sell everything you've got. He said, whoa, that's too hard. I can't make that shift. And the guy went away. And the Lord said, it's easier for a rich man it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than a rich man to come into the kingdom of God. And I really think this is where America is tonight. I really think this is where we are pressing forward tonight. And remember, for the camel to get through, they would bring all this load of spices and beautiful things from the Silk Road. It had to be totally unloaded become very vulnerable to the thieves. The camel had to come through, then they would bring each piece through one by one and reload the camel. We are in the process of getting through so we can reload. Now hear what I'm saying to you. All of us, we're all at this place. And so with that, I want to say to us, God has an order for restoration. He has an order for prosperity. He has an order for breakthrough. See, in Deuteronomy 8, it says, now it's time for you to finally go in. Remember the Lord. He's brought you to this land. This is 40 years later, after those who didn't want to go in died off. Now, one of the things that's happening right now, there is a structure dying off that would keep us from going in. It has nothing to do with age. Because Caleb and uh, uh, Joshua waited it out for 40 years. They were 80 years old, and they said, let's go. So it has nothing to do. Matter of fact, anybody in here that is 80 and above, this year, you are going to prophesy in ways you've never prophesied before. Any of you 70 and above are going to start breaking powers of captivity that have never been broken off. You're going into a place of great authority with your words to break off captivity off of your promise. 60 and above, the Lord says you're breaking out of a flesh and coming into a completion of what God has for you. 50 and above, the Lord says you decree jubilee over your land and over your family. I could go on and on. And then he says to them here, he, he says to them here, I'm giving you this, and he says... And you shall remember the Lord, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Now, nobody teaches better on this than Dutch, because that word actually means he gives you the strength, the capacity. 
What this actually means is he causes you to be able to adapt so you can prosper. Change your colors if necessary. Shift any way you need to shift. And so here we are, and what I want to do tonight before I prophesy is I want to loose an anointing of timing on you. We are in God's moment here tonight. That anointing of timing, that means that you have come through a process and God has you here ready to move forward. Can anybody witness to that in here? It means you're at a significant time of shifting. And here's what the Lord showed me we have to do. See, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord woke me up one morning. He said, who am I? I said, you're God. Remember, Moses said, who do I tell him sent me? And he said, tell him I am sent you. That means in Hebrew, I will be what you need me to be. I said, you're God. You'll be who I need you to be. And he said, how do I operate? I said, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he said, that's what I want my people to understand because I have created them in my image and they live in three time dimensions and they're not pressing fully into their future. See, you're sitting there right now, you're living in your past, you're living in your present, stomp your foot, present right this moment. And then he says you can command an expected end to come. You can command and create your future. That's what makes us prophetic. And in the midst of that, what happens to you God's not in time. We're in time. Time is a circle. And what happens is we look at it linearly and then we'll step back and we'll say, well, my past is doing this. Or this is what's happening. And before long, you're held captive in your past. And as you're held captive in your past, you miss your moment and then you don't prophesy your future. See, tonight is a moment. That's why these meetings are being held. And because of that, we are moving from an accepted time into a fulfillment of time where eternity is starting to operate beyond where we are. And God brought us here. You know why? Because faith works in time and place. He predetermines our time and place. And why he predetermines it is for us to express and grab hold of him at that time and place. And all of a sudden, the word says in Acts 17, we can grasp him and pull him down and create a new horizon. That's what this is about. All of a sudden, we're doing that. And we are in this time to aggressively press for the promise. The transference of the power we need for the future. The word wealth is linked with power. It's linked with favor. It's linked with everything we need for days ahead. And God gathered us into this central place, this hub, so we can do this. Now I want you to stand up. We'll discuss more in the morning. But I haven't said what God said about you and what we're going to do tonight.
when you've been to a place, you feel his presence here. You don't want to just go back to things he said. You want to hear what he's saying. But one word he did take me back to was that this would be a central place that would be used as an armory for the whole region. So the Lord says, start developing the weapons of my people here. Start unlocking those weapons that's been locked up in them. Start unlocking those gifts that can cause the enemy to fall. What he said about you is this. He said, Ohio will be my fulcrum beginning now. Now, fulcrum is that place where it's resting on something, but it creates the pivot for the future. It's where the lever comes to cause the shift that needs to be shifted. It's a place where force is applied so everything shifts. And when the Lord said that to me this week, he said, Ohio, the Ohio Valley really, will become the fulcrum for this nation beginning now. There is a force in this region that has the ability to pivot this nation into its future. And that force is within my people. And I am here to activate that force saith the Lord. And he sent me because I need to have it activated in me and I had to be here to get it activated. Therefore, wherever I go, I can activate it. Because this is the place he's chosen. It's something about you that you need to see who you are and how you're going to be used So let's lift our hands. Father, there's a supernatural force in this people that is beginning to be exercised. I'm not going to say about to be released. It's beginning to be exercised. There are gifts in this people that are here and those that are listening on the web God had you tune in because there's a dynamic force, a dunamis force that's coming alive here tonight. The Lord says that dynamic force in you will come alive starting tonight. Even while you sleep, you will feel the stirring. The Lord says, you will say, I will not remain in this transition place. We are coming for, shout it, we are coming for. Father, I decree right now that Ohio now, the open heaven over Ohio will start invading. And let me, I explain in this Passover book how Passover became a part of my life because I would watch Ten Commandments when I was a kid and see that dark, icky, green thing invade into everybody's room at Passover. The Lord says, my open heaven is starting to invade in, in Ohio. I'm going to invade through your windows. I'm going to come through your doors. I'm going to stand and knock on your heart. The Lord says there will be a harvest here because I'm starting to knock. I'm starting to knock in Kentucky. I'm starting to knock in Indiana. I say, Indiana, get ready for that crossroads that you are. The Lord says, send the wind the right direction. 
I say Ohio is the fulcrum and Indiana causes the wind to shift. I say, I say to Michigan, rise up now, for now is your time to say who you are and to advance in my kingdom plan. I say this is the beginning of my people causing an opening to occur where that opening would say I will stay shut and the future will die. I say tonight we will not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Let's give a shout up into heaven. Father, we say rend the heavens and come down. Rend the heavens and come down. Rachel, bring the team up. We're going to sing that breakthrough song again. Rend the heavens and come down in this area. Father, I decree this place will become an arsenal and be sending out the word of God that will be like an era that tears down and penetrates the Lord says it will not be limited. Week by week, you will send out the word that says, this is what God says, and it will be carried through the airways. The Lord says, Tim, tape it, say it, sing it, let it go forth. For the Lord says, now the opening for the next season has begun, and I decree the curse that rested in the region now has no power to hold a nation captive.